millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let us out of here. It's time for Must Have Seen TV. You know, the podcast is dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm trapped in my apartment and I'm your TV guide, Brett White. And this week I'm trapped in my office with... Kevin Hines. Hello, Kevin. I thought you were going to shake, shake my hand. You reached up to me and I <laughs> took it. Uh, hi, uh, podcast listening audience. I am Kevin Hines. Hi. Thank you so much for coming out here. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah. I uh, publicly on Twitter asked to be on this podcast and you said yes. Immediately. I'm, you made my dream come true very quickly. Like a, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of like a... Like a fox on an antelope? I don't think those are. I don't know what I that. Don't think, I don't know what that's a reference to. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that's a thing at all. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google off, what you were talking about. Off to a cookie store. Well, we are trapped in my apartment because uh, this week um, we are traveling to October second, nineteen seventy-six. The front rolled the box office. Play that funky music by Wild Cherry topped the charts, and the Bob Newhart show aired Caged Fury. Kevin, you must have seen Caged Fury before. Uh, I have not seen Caged Fury before. I guess when it aired, though, I was one and a half years old. October 2nd, 1976. So there's a chance yeah. that maybe I did see it as a one and a half year old, do you, but we, don't remember Do it. you know if Bob Newhart's show, if that Saturday Night lineup of CBS comedies was like a staple in your household at that point? That was like Mary Tyler Moore, All in the Family, Carol Burnett. I doubt it. I don't think my parents watched much TV. Or if they did, I did not hear a lot about it. Uh, you know, I'll ask my older brother, but I don't think so. Yeah. Because he would have been six and a half, or five, or uh, maybe just five. <laughs> Do you think that the Bob Newhart show is appetizing to a five-year-old? No, but he might know, like, I remember mom and dad He's, talking yeah, 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 about yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, I don't remember my dad watching anything but Western movies, uh, and, uh, that's it, and golf. <laughs> um, and my mom... I don't know if... I guess she maybe watched soap operas during the day, but I don't really know of any show that was like, oh, I gotta watch this. Gotta get home. Yeah. That, this is before VHR, VHRs, yeah, VCRs, right. VHS tapes. Um, uh, what is your history with the Bob Newhart show in general? So I'm, uh, I was a big fan growing up of Newhart. His, his third series... Let's get into like the filmography Wait, What was the second series? His first series was the Bob Newhart show of the early 60s, which ran for one season. It was like a variety show. Oh. he It has the distinction of it won the best comedy series Emmy that year, and it was canceled. Oh, wow. And then he came back... Not familiar with 12 it. years later with the Bob Newhart show, which is the very first uh, sitcom that MTM Productions produced after Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. So like Mary Tyler Moore and Grant Tinker hit it big. 
They're like, what's our next show going to be? The opening credits have a little Mary Tyler Moore vibe. Yeah. Except instead of a woman making it, it is Bob Newhart making it. Yeah, it's just it. Bob Newhart making it to work in Chicago. Uh, uh, there are alterations of the theme song. I think like season two or three theme song is both Bob and Emily both going to work. Okay. So you see Bob going to his office and Emily... No, it's them coming home. It's like he's coming home okay. from work and she's coming home from the school that she teaches at. Okay. She's a school teacher. I didn't know that. Um... But yeah, you uh, watched New Heart, which so was I watched his New next Heart, show. Uh, particularly the later seasons. Um, I have, I don't know how much I watched before Peter Scolari was a big part of it because I think I followed him from Bosom Buddy rerun. Uh, <laughs> big Scolari head. I was. I was. <laughs> he was like this guy worked with Tom Hanks. I like that show. And it's like now he's on this other show. He must be as good as Tom Hanks. Uh, Very equal. So partners. I watched uh, New Heart a little bit. I think I was drawn in for him, and then I kind of just got into the quirky weirdness of the show. Yeah, I never watched New Heart. Um, New Heart felt like to me like a Northern Exposure or a Gilmore Girls, like where the the all the characters around him were not believable. They're like silly, quirky, strange yeah. characters. Everyone in the the New Heart show, except for maybe his wife, were just strange, uh, and I loved it. Except for Bob Newhart, who was sort of Bob Newhart. Yeah, it's weird that this, that he's had so many shows built around him as the straight man. Yeah. Usually, like, the fact that the comedic force of nature is Bob Newhart, who is so weird to call him a force of nature yeah. of any kind. Uh, the Bob Newhart show, which I've found being... I'm a huge fan of the Bob Newhart show, and so many people, when I say that, they think I'm talking about Newhart. Because, I think because people, it's lasted longer and was a yeah. little, it's more recent, so of course people know it more. And I don't know exactly how old you are, but like my age range, it was on when I was yeah watching TV. Where yeah, it Bob was, Newhart wasn't until it hit Nick at Night. It wasn't even an opportunity for me to watch it. I think I was I was born I'm born in '84, so I was okay, like five. So it probably wasn't on, but I do remember I do remember Newhart being on because I remember I just started watching season one that's on Hulu of Newhart, mm-hmm. and I I now remember that Bob Newhart does the meow at the end of the oh, I the don't MTM. remember that. Because usually it's just a meow and now it's Bob Newhart going meow. And I remember that from a kid being like, why is he saying <laughs> meow? Uh, but I I fell in love with the Bob Newhart show I guess in the early 90s when it hit Nick at Night. Because Newhart yes. was too new and it wasn't on Nick at Night. So right. I remember watching Bob Newhart as a kid on Nick at Night because I knew who Peter Bonners was from Bob Newhart show. Peter Bonners went on to become, who plays Jerry, the orthodontist, went on to become a very, very successful sitcom director. He was oh. the house director for Murphy Brown, no, and he directed a lot of the first season of Friends, and he was he had like cameos on Friends early on. And I would always be like, oh, there's Jerry. And the same thing with Mr. Carlin is in the season one finale of Friends. He is, uh, when Rachel runs to the airport to like be like... Can you tell that person up there that I'm here for yeah. them? And they go to Jack Carlin instead of Ross. And it's I mean, Jack I remember Riley. that scene, but I don't remember the person yeah. that I talked to. <laughs> and Let then me... I knew Marsha Wallace from this show because she would also show up on Full House. And as you were saying, The Simpsons. Right. I don't. I didn't watch Full House, but I definitely recognize that name as uh, Edna Krabappel. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question about Newhart. So, uh, Mr. Carlin. Is he a regular from all five, uh, from the beginning? He is a recurring. So oh, he, right. but he's in like maybe fifty of the hundred and twenty something episodes, hundred and forty okay. so episodes. A fair amount. Yeah. Are there other patients that are oh, as yeah, recurring as him? Um, the guy that is the voice of Piglet. Okay. That, you know, you know sure, that I know, guy. I know Piglet. I, yeah. <laughs> 
that he uh, William Fiedler, I think okay. is his name. He's uh, also a regular. He's a very timid. He's piglet. So he's very yeah, yeah. timid. And I bet I would recognize him if I saw him. Yeah, but I can't picture it. And then there's um, an older woman who is always knitting, and she works at a uh, supermarket. And are they all recurring roughly the same amount? Carlin is the most. Okay. Because Carlin was on early on, and they were like, oh no, this guy's hilarious. Because he's okay. such a curmudgeon. Yeah. Um, and such an eccentric. And also he's super rich, so they get to do a lot of weird storylines with him. Is he always like that? Is he in every show he does, or just this show? Like, is that actor always curmudgeon? Yeah, is that yeah, just I, think his so. thing? I think that's his natural thing. <laughs> uh, and then my other question is, uh, who's the, what's the secretary's name? Uh, Carol. Carol Kester Bondurant. Uh, that guy was her husband, boyfriend? Yeah, it was her husband, who he only ever appears in, like, I think maybe nine episodes. Is he always married, or does she... Is she that gets, a character that gets introduced as the show She gets on? married in a whirlwind fashion. A true sitcom, like, they meet and get married on, like, the first date in, like, okay. season four, I think. Okay. He felt like a character who had not been in it from the yeah, beginning no. to me. No, he definitely hasn't been. And he was him as a character, he was not around all that much. Okay. So, he... She, he <laughs> But, she, he just didn't but Carol around. and the orthodontist and everyone yeah. else is and the neighbor. Yeah, because the five regulars are the neighbor, yeah. uh, Howard Borden, played by Bill Daly from I Dream of Jeannie. Yes, I recognize him from that. Oh, he's so he's such. I watched a lot of I Dream of Jeannie uh. as a kid. But I feel like I prefer Bewitched, though I watched much less of that. They're the exact same show. I know. It's just do like a NASA tinge to your supernatural hijinks comedy. There, there was something about Jeannie's... Uh, 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 that she wasn't married, that she sort of was a slave, yeah. that was in love. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think so even cool. as a kid, I was sort of like, there's something about her that I feel like she's not in control of this situation. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was, well, but then she falls feel in love like and they it. get married. I know like, they do eventually, but it does just feel like, oh, master, what can I do for you? Where Bewitched is like, it's just his wife. Yeah. Though that's weird too, because he's like, don't be him. You don't be yourself. Please, uh, I love it, you, but this one essential part of you, please turn it this off. Is, these aren't the shows we're talking about, but those shows are plagued with problems. Yeah. Just, We're going to get to them eventually on this show. I, I, I'll I, listen to those episodes. I and swear. See what you're uh, saying. Yeah, and then when I was in college, I went through, obviously I went through a, I, feel like, well, I don't know why I say obviously, I feel like if, if you know me, obviously I went through a massive classic sitcoms phase in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also when the DVD sets started coming out, so I bought the Bob Newhart DVD sets. I would watch it every day before going off to class. What years is this? What's your college? Uh, 2002 to 2006. Interesting. That's okay. my college. Okay. Uh, and so it was on TV land and I would watch it all the time and I would, um, I bought a trench coat cause Bob Newhart wears a trench coat. Like <laughs> I, I recreated photos. I, this like- <laughs> specific episode, I think I either transcribed it or found the script of and wanted to shoot my own version of it. That's crazy. So I have gone off, uh, the deep end. Well, definitely. Yeah. We'll get into it. So this week on uh, must have seen TV, we are talking about the Bob Newhart show episode caged fury. It is the second episode of season five. It was written by Gordon and Lynn Farr and directed by Michael Zimberg. Here is how the DVD box set describes the episode. The Hartleys miss their friend's gala 4th of July bicentennial party celebration when they become trapped in a storage locker. Kevin, does that accurately describe the episode? It does. I mean, it's sort of their party that they miss. Yeah, and it's also not a... Gala, 4th of July. That sounds like well, it's way highfalutin. Every character is invited. Yeah. <laughs> and one recurring. I mean, yeah. two recurring. So that's, yeah. that's a pretty big affair, I guess. Uh, but I think it's accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this episode, I wanted to do this because it is the 4th of July week right ha- now. Happy 4th of happy July. Happy 4th of July. 
celebrate America. And it is super rare for sitcoms to have a 4th of July episode because summer is hiatus time. Yeah, they don't air during the summer. So this yeah. must have just aired this in the fall. It's aired in October. So, <laughs> and it's also the second episode of season five yeah so it wasn't even like the season premiere it wasn't even like right so i guess the season premiere actually took place in june or early july Man, there's a lot of untapped summer sitcom plot lines you could hit that chose to just do i don't care if i mean yes it's nice if you're gonna do a christmas episode air it near christmas i guess yeah. but i don't care about that christmas episodes are fun halloween episodes are fun they only matter i wrote a whole article about this on decider plug plug last christmas time about how the rise of streaming like the rise of streaming and also the fixed TV, like Broad City will always air in the spring. Like, right. Like they, they fixed it all these times. So if you are worried about the air date coinciding with the holiday date, you're never going to hit them. Yeah. But the problem is, it, or the lack of problem is, it's only uh, incongruous for one year. Like for that one year, you're like, why did this Christmas episode air in February? Next Christmas, you watch it at Christmas and it feels right. Yeah. It only feels wrong the first time it airs. There's also a weird thing a lot of shows do, and more and more sitcoms are doing, where they establish why there's no episodes during the summer. Yeah. Like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be like, oh, we're undercover for three months. <laughs> so, you you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Or you didn't miss much, because the main characters aren't here. Uh, Buffy always did that on that show. Like, yeah, because like, Buffy would, would always go home for a summer, or yeah, would like, or, be or in LA. Or to LA, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's a thing that a lot of sitcoms, not all... But more like New Girl maybe has done it a little bit here and there. Maybe not every season. Friends always just kept straight going because usually their season finales were cliffhangers, so the season premiere had to pick up right after. So makes more sense to me. Like I don't want to miss three months of your uh, hilarious adventures. I am peeking into your life. Show it all to me, please. (laughs) So again, this is one. There's only this, and there's a Frasier episode that is a. it's a vignette episode that just like jumps around all over the mm. chronology of the entire 11 year run. So that also has a 4th of July thing, which they could do because it's a flashback. As I think about it, 4th of July is really the only holiday during the summer, I guess, yeah. that you're missing. Well, but there's also like, you know, road trips or just like hot stuff, sure, beach yeah. trips. Just uh, summer. Summer. Just summer you're missing the season of summer yeah. and one holiday. How 4th of July y do you say, did you think this was? Not at all? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not, that's 5%. Yeah. Because they definitely mention 4th of July and the Bicentennial and wear Uncle Sam costumes. Yeah. But you could have done the same... You could remove 4th of July from this episode and it wouldn't affect the comedy of it. No. It could just be... We should have a party. Yeah. <laughs> Which at the beginning when they're um, trying to figure out who's going to host the party, it's like, well, Carol hosted this party, someone's yeah. hosted this party... And then Bob's like, well, I hosted the Valentine's Day party. And the runner, as always, Jerry's like, why wasn't I invited? Bob, you and Emily are cordially invited to a 4th of July party at your place. <laughs> I threw the Valentine's Day party. I wasn't invited. I know. <laughs> that, that was right. It was good, you know? And Bob delivered that the best, uh, I guess he's uh, of the two people who delivered it. Yeah. Uh, he nailed that. Uh, so I, did, I asked you at that point what season it was because I thought Bob was very good. And in my mind, like, this is his first real acting, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, he had done a lot of bit parts in movies before the Bob Newhart show. He doesn't come off as a good actor, but he's very good at most of what he does in this show. Yeah. There's a few moments that I think he is not good. <laughs> oh, uh, get into it. Uh, when he runs into the door and he pretends oh. he's going to pass out, <laughs> it feels very fake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, uh, I have an idea. Why don't you uh, sit there and look at the uh, wedding album while I pass out? And there's 
another moment before that where uh, he uh, there's some forced joke that he does that that weirdly oh no no it's like a high energy thing he, he sings something right does he sing something does he sing something or he have a, he tells a joke uh, no, he does a lot of jokes there's something else where he has to, it's a little high energy moment and I was like oh this doesn't work he, like he was good at talking yeah yeah and, and responding. <laughs> And whenever he had to be big, it didn't work for me. He, uh, I've read a bunch about this show, and he said, like, he did not like... The production on this show was super, super lax and, like, loose. They would really goof around all week, and then they would tape it maybe once or twice. Bob did not like rehearsing, and he... Because uh, he, he's a stand-up, and so he yeah. would always say, like, I need... The material needs to be fresh. I don't like getting it stale, because mm-hmm. he starts getting that stand-up brain of, like, well, this isn't funny anymore. And it's like, it's not funny, because you've heard it a dozen times. Whereas, like, Suzanne Plachette, his wife, is an actress, and mm-hmm. she was like, I want to rehearse. Yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it. Uh, uh, it's just like, when he ran into the door, and he, like, it's that long setup for, like, I'm gonna pass out. I yeah. was like, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, which, you know, it's a sitcom. I don't know why it bothered me. But up to that moment, or up to uh, one or other, that or one other moment that I can't remember now, I remember being like, oh, he's really good for somebody who doesn't... He's a stand-up, yeah. sort of a dry, non-actorly stand-up. Well, I, also, I mean, who is the modern equivalent of that energy? I, I can't think of anyone else that is... I mean, Stephen Wright has a weird yeah. non... I mean, it's a different energy, but sort of a... Bob Newhart, to me, is a guy who... His, it's all his voice. Yeah. Does all the work. He's and really he good. There's not, a good rhythm. He's not. There's not physicality. No. Although he, see, he's not this... Kevin Hart, right? He's not <laughs> no, a manic no, energy. No. <laughs> he's Where the Kevin opposite Hart, of Kevin Hart. If Kevin Hart was a good actor, and I don't know whether he is or isn't, <laughs> but if he was, I'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, he's he's a performer. He's on yeah. stage performing. Where Bob Newhart's a telling jokes. Yeah. Or telling funny stories. I think at the episode right before this, season five premiere is when Tom Poston, who plays uh, George on Newhart, yes, the handyman. He he's he's Bob's best friend from college on this show. So he comes oh, in like five or and six. He episodes. shows up on Bob too, which you've watched. Yes. Right? Yeah. Him and I'm also a- Bill Daly, who plays Howard on this show. All right. Because I remember when uh, he was announced as being on Bob, I was like, I guess I have to watch another episode because yeah. I wanted to see that reunion. Uh, and I don't know why I cared. That's interesting. He's been on all the shows. Yeah, there, there's a really. And also, uh, Tom Poston eventually marries Suzanne Plachette. So they are IRL husband wife. Oh, wow. In, like, the, they get married in like the late 80s, I think, or maybe early 90s. Good for them. So, like, there's a lot of. Um, but in that episode, P- the Peeper is what his is Tom Poston's nickname. He comes back, and Bob and uh, the Peeper do a Me and My Shadow routine. <laughs> and is it good? It's great. Like, they're both, like, dancing, and, like, yeah. Tom Poston's, like, behind Bob with his, like, arms around him, and it's, like, super adorable. I have a major crush on Bob Newhart, also. Okay. Let's just get sure, that out sure. there. Uh, I think. I don't know. I have a comp, not complicated, but like a multi-level relationship with him. I think he's very adorable. I also, uh, f- he's one of my like masculinity role models. That's a weird, okay. that's a weird statement. So to you say. watched him a lot in the librarians movies. <laughs> yes. One of the, the, one of the more recent things he did. Movies. Uh, I, he's a fascinating character to me. Like I wrote down everything he wore in this episode. Cause okay. I find Bob Hartley's fashion fascinating. It was largely, it w- it largely didn't seem that dated. No. It felt a little old-fashioned, but not yeah. dated. Whereas opposed to, like, uh, some of the other characters looked way old-fashioned. Like, su- even uh, uh, Mr. Carlin's tie was su- enormously fat. It looked like it had a galaxy print on it, like the it was, one he wore in the first part. It was so wide, I found it very distracting how wide his yeah. tie was. In the very first opening scene where Bob and Mr. Carlin Yeah, we've been too scattered. Have we, should we describe no, what can, happens? Yeah, I can... We'll, we'll walk through it now. Uh, well... I wanted to bring up, in the very first scene, Bob yes. and Mr. Carlin are talking during one of his sessions, 
And I wanted to point out that Bob is wearing a dope as hell, <laughs> like, white shirt, white tie, white coat, red pants. I think and the like, coat didn't fit him that well. <laughs> okay, little, yeah. Little. But also, like, <laughs> and then, like, later in the episode, he's wearing a purple plaid, like, long button-down shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, and this is a running thing with, uh, with Bob throughout the series where I want to get someone that was, like, a fashionista or, like, really into sure. 70s fashion that can tell me. Because it seems like Bob Hartley, the character, is way fashionable than his character has any right to be. Because he's a very buttoned-up Mm-hmm. Kind of like straight man, not really that showy. Yeah. But you watch the show, and from my modern perspective, his clothes are like, I care about how I look. I like looking nice. I take some fashion risks. Like, he wears like a signet ring, bracelet, net. Like, it's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, he, he was dressed well. I guess yeah. he's well to do. Yeah. I have some more questions about this show. Go for it. This uh, is what it's all about. Great. I'm learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> one, is he a good therapist? He didn't seem good in this episode. There's only one little therapy scene. But he seemed sort of like he mockingly some... <laughs> not helping Mr. Carlin. He can, he uh, drops a lot of canned lines. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a decent therapist. Okay. Uh, they don't really usually most of the scenes are the session is just ending. Sure. Um, but I mean, he's kind of renowned. He's like average. He's like his patients like him. There was just uh, the first line was Mike, uh, Mr. Carlin saying, "I don't know, Doctor Harley. I think I'm making some progress." You are? <laughs> As if he was surprised that someone could get better under his care. Yeah. I don't know if that was meant to be a laugh. It didn't get a, a soundtrack, a, yeah. a laugh from the audience, uh, but I laughed. I guess as yeah. an audience or is it canned? I don't know. Uh, no, this is all the, live. live before a studio Great. audience, yeah. And then Brian. my other question is, is the sort of bickering between him and his wife, is that normal? Yes. Because they, yeah. were, they were trapped uh, in a storage locker, yeah. and so they were attacking each other. I didn't know if it was the stress of that or if they're always sort of insulting each other it's, a little bit. They usually are, but it's a little bit, it does feel a little bit heightened in this episode. It felt a little mean to me yeah. at times. Yeah, Parts yeah. of it felt playful, and then every now and then when he like called her a moron, yeah. I was like, that feels like it you does. crossed a line, dude. Yeah. Want to tell jokes? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh-huh. Why did... Why did the moron uh-huh. lock herself and her husband in the storage locker? <laughs> he does apo- he does like half-heartedly apologize after that. He does and then he insults her again. Yeah. I'm just I as a married man, I try to think of saying these things to my wife. I was and, doing that too, yeah. And I was like, no, she'd be mad at that and she'd be right. And I'd be like, she might not want to talk about this, but like whether I think she's right or wrong, I kinda went through that in my head. Uh, and I was like, moron, that's just a word I would <laughs> yeah. never say. Uh, yeah, I would never, I would do everything in this episode to Seb, but I would not call him an idiot or a moron. Yeah. Like, that's where it gets like, that's a weird, that's a lie. I line. wouldn't even blame her for locking them in the locker. It was a freak thing. I would do a bit about that. A hundred percent. I'm not sure I would. I would. Uh, that's our relationship. I would probably do a bit about the locker. That seemed like a shoddy, uh, doorknob. Yeah. Because yeah, they they decide to have this. The party yes. gets foisted right. upon. We them. should talk about what we're talking. Explain what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the party gets foisted upon them, uh, yes. kind of just because they just want to have a bicentennial party. Right. Like Carol and Jerry and Carol's rarely seen husband. Like we want to yes. have this party. They foist it on Bob, and then when Bob and Emily go over to their neighbor Howard's to invite him, Howard just kind of is like, "Have it at my place." Yeah, he wants to have the party. So they go to their storage locker to get supplies. Is there any logistical reason for them to have it at Howard's house? I guess to justify so, why they're not in Bob and Emily's ha- Emily's apartment right, alone without right. them. Right. It, it makes them not look for them longer. Yeah. So Because the, they're in a place waiting for Bob and Emily to show up. Yeah. So they go to the locker. They get locked in. 
And they spend the rest of the episode unable to get out. And it's a two-hander for all... It's just like the two of them for a long stretch of time. When they cut back to the party, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be the rest of the episode in the storage locker. And they cut back to the party just to get the gag of all of them are wearing Uncle Sam suits. Right. They're all wearing the same costume. And I I do like the gag of Howard is like, I own this. They said they only rented one of these. (laughs) I didn't rent this. I own it. (laughs) Yes. I also like the gag when they guess where Bob is... uh, the orthodontist guesses they're gluing on their beards to match all the co- <laughs> just assuming they must be wearing the same costume he has it's not surprising that he becomes a director he yeah. had great timing yeah he also ends up directing a lot of the end of Bob Newhart show huh. so he like directed maybe 20 episodes of this uh, oh I do like when they go into Howard's apartment at first and because he's playing with a bird he has a bird as a yeah. pet uh, it's his bird herb uh, also all of Howard's Howard Borden his his brother is Gordon Borden the Warden. Okay. <laughs> like, that's the oh, game man. of his... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, like you were saying with Newhart, how he's surrounded by a bunch of goofballs. Yeah, yeah. They really... I think they got that because that's what this show is to a... These characters aren't as crazy as yeah. the Newhart characters. They're a lot of idiots, though. <laughs> yeah. Carol's not an idiot. She's just a, she's, a smartass. She's a smartass, and she's very... She doesn't do it in this episode, but a lot of times she makes really bad jokes and then, like, giggles to herself like she's really proud of her bad yeah. jokes or, or her really mean jokes at times. Uh, but Carlin's dumb. Carlin is The neighbor, Howard, crazy. is dumb. Howard is a fruit basket. Donna seems to vacillate between oblivious and he's, not oblivious he's oblivious he's and also dumb. very pompous yeah. that doesn't come across in this episode but usually yeah. he's very very full of himself it came up a little bit yeah and then uh, all of the I think also just the all of the patients he has are yeah. also like he's a psychiatrist so there was just a lot of people saying things uh, just that were dumb I guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of the laughs came off of people just not knowing things. Yeah. Uh, when they go back down to... When is the 4th of July party going to be? That's right, an example yeah. of... That's like, a Howard line. It got, it got a laugh out of me, but it uh, is a uh, dumb joke. And then Bob says that he invited Mr. Carlin because he gets lonely every bicentennial. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting, too. Like, there's a lot of jokes that the characters seem to know are jokes. Yeah. Bob says a lot of things and his wife laughs at them. Whether or not everyone else knows their jokes isn't always true. Yeah. Uh, it's as if he's making a joke. and he, It's not like... It's very rare that sitcom characters actually do that. Right, sitcom Or that other characters treat them as jokes. A little bit here and there, like early cheers, some things that they say as jokes get laughs, and other things are just witty lines. They're just like a witty group of people. Yeah. Uh, and in this, uh, a lot of what Bob said got laughs yeah. from uh, his wife. You know, it seems like a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, I do like... I mean, the Bob and Emily relationship... You know, to get super real, I see a lot of my relationship with my husband in it. Uh, I also relate to... There's a episode of Bob Newhart in the first season where they get IQ tests. Well, she's a teacher, so she knows hers. I've seen this one. And Bob gets his done, and we both have IQs of 129. I will proudly say it because okay. it's also Bob Hartley's. It's also... And he's hers is higher. Yeah, hers is like 150-something. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen that episode. I've seen parts of that yeah. episode. It's one of the more famous exchanges yeah. in this uh, in the show. And that's the same thing with my husband, who also has a much higher IQ. And we go through this a lot. And he's like, it doesn't... Just like Emily, he's like, it doesn't mean anything. They're very arbitrary. Yeah. Like, you can't measure that. And then I... every All of Bob's worst traits I see in myself. He's very resistant to change. He's very stubborn. Uh, he's very... He can be very mean at times. Like... Yeah. I see a lot of myself in him. All the worst. I didn't, I didn't like the mean parts. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I don't remember if he was mean to Newhart. I, I think he may have been mean to... I don't remember him being mean to his wife. He may have been. I don't remember. I think he probably was mean to some of the staff. Yeah. But they maybe deserved it. <laughs> uh, I need to rewatch that show a little bit. There's a there's an interesting balance between him and Emily because Emily does also mean like it does feel more like it's their relationship because they she gives almost as good as she gets. Sure, she does not, not suffer it either. Yeah, she, she, it's not like he insults her and she pouts. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about this how this is an interesting commentary on the modern you know hot wife doofy husband, yeah. but this is it done right where like. She is, you know, attractive, but also funny, good timing, has, you mm-hmm. know, a good personality, is a full-fleshed character. Yes. He's doofy, but he's still, like, well-dressed. He's smart. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and he doesn't seem to really have any... It's not like a lot of those doofy shows are like... the. the I mean, this might be true of Bob Hill, but a lot of those doofy shows, the, the archetype is that the husband's also always screwing up all the time. Yeah. And the wife just puts up with it. It doesn't seem like he's the character who screws no, yeah. up all the time. They they really do equally yeah. screw up. Usually I feel like a lot of things happen to them and they have to figure it out together. Yeah, that would, that would be my vibe for this. It's like things are happening around them yeah. and that they deal with it or he deals with it. But not like he had a scheme yeah. that backfired. Neither of them are schemers. No. That is for definitely But I think that's the archetype, right? It's the idiot husband, ugly idiot husband with a yeah. beautiful wife. And the idiot husband is flawed... Always scheming. On top of being ugly, he's also just a bad person. <laughs> and she loves him. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, there was a really good joke in here when they're in the locker area and they get out the wedding book. And uh, Bob like points to a, to Emily's mother and is like, I don't know why she was wearing black. Look at how cute your dad looks in his tux. That's not my dad, that's your mother. <laughs> she, she wore black to the wedding. That wasn't black, Bob. It was dark gray. Only her armband was black. <laughs> that's a nice zigzag, right? Yeah. It was sort of like she's defending her mom, saying she doesn't like hate you, basically, I guess is the joke. But then it's like, oh no, she hates you. Yeah. But not a full outfit. That was, that was a fun joke. I like the that. armband. And that's like the touch the touch of surreal. It's interesting to look at the context of this show because I've read interviews with the writers and like showrunners of Bob Newhart show and from their point of view in the 70s they were doing a weird show. Like they were doing a news radio. Like they yeah, were yeah. cuz there are episodes, there's an episode where Bob is afraid of death and the elevator in his cuz he had like a near death experience and the elevator cuz we're all afraid of death let's be honest let's get into that okay. right now. <laughs> yeah. Um the elevator in his office opens up and in the elevator in the center is like a 6 foot 7 man gaunt uh big black hat and like a black coat just standing there with like his eyes in shadow <laughs> and they just look at him and it's a beat and then like either either goes to commercial or Bob goes into like it it's like inexplicably I don't know where that's not a character. That's a weird. That's a weird it's just move. a yeah. weird sight gag. <laughs> I believe that. I believe this is a weird show. It also felt and I get a pretty good. They imply they have sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I don't expect to see in old sitcoms. Yeah. I, I expect it to be dodged, or at most like let's go upstairs. Yeah. Wink. Uh, but this was like they're in a sleeping bag together. They Zip talk together. Ab- they talk about I don't I don't know what the euphemism they use for fool it. around. Maybe it's just it's fool like around. Fool, something yeah. like that. He initially says no, but eventually goes ah why yeah, not? What do we do? Just keep conserving our energy. <laughs> oh, what the hell? May as well go out with a smile on our face. <laughs> and 
Then it cuts away. So yeah, and then they, she like gets on. She like puts her arm around him, and it's like, oh, yeah. It looks like they cut out to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> but it's implied that when we cut away, that they have sex, which is pretty racy for a sitcom character from the seventies to have on the floor a, of a storage locker, yeah, in a public space. When you think like I Love Lucy with separate beds, yeah, right? and Dick Van Dyke with separate beds. Yeah. But that's also part of the MTM revolution with the Mary Tyler Moore show. Is like they were trying to do more adult stuff. I mean, the revolutionary thing about Bob Newhart show that I also love is that they are a couple. Bob is in his early forties; she's in her late thirties, and they don't have kids. Right? They talk about that, and in they this talk episode. about it in this episode. Uh, I, it didn't. I, hit me until they started talking about it. It's like, oh yeah, they don't have kids, and they're okay with it, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's rare, too. I like, talked to a friend of mine very recently who was very sad about not having kids, and I was, and I have a kid, so it's so hard for me to now talk about that with people, but I was sort of like, you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I know me and my wife, we talked for a while, I was like, are we going to, or are we not? What if we can't? And we're sort of like, and I think, at least... Uh, I hope we had both sort of made peace with like, eh, whichever happens, yeah. we're okay with. But there was a real possibility, because we're older, that we were not going to end up having a child. Yeah. And I was trying to get this across, but it doesn't matter. I have a kid, and somebody's like, I wish I had a kid. It's like, there's nothing I can say in that situation. Yeah. Uh, but then watching this, I'm like, they have, they're happy. Exactly. <laughs> they're happy, I, and they're living a great life. I think one of the reasons I've really attached myself to this show is that, like, you know, I'm gay, I have a husband. If we want to yeah. have kids, it's a whole sure. thing. Uh, and neither of us really want to, either. And so then me being me, I project myself into sitcoms and TV shows and try to find pop culture avatars. And in the realm of older married couples without kids, it is Bob and Emily Hartley. And that's about it. Because most sitcoms either uh, last season they have a baby, series finale they have a baby. Even King of Queens had a baby the last season. Last episode. And that show was largely about them not having yeah. kids and mad about you they don't have kids and they have mabel for the last season yeah even liz lemon adopts kids in the series finale no one always felt like mad about you they'd eventually have kids yeah uh and so there was uh like this was the, my first christmas where me and my husband stayed in new york it was my first christmas without my f- going home to tennessee sure. ever uh and there's episodes of bob newhart show christmas where it is bob going home to emily and it's just the two of them on christmas eve and they like open their presents for each for each other and i was like that's a christmas you don't see on television that often no you don't and it was like oh it's gonna be okay it's like this weird show from the 70s like made me feel okay about life that's great uh (laughs) yeah i didn't think about that much I mean, you can also throw away the last seasons of most shows. It gets bad. <laughs> uh, I also... There, oh, in terms of things that do and don't age well. Okay. If we want to get into that. There is a moment where when uh, Larry... His name, his name is Larry. And Carol come in as Uncle Sam. And Larry's like, we were going to come as Pocahontas and John Smith. something more original. Well, we were going to come as John Smith and Pocahontas. But Carol wouldn't let me rub makeup all over her body. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a little, it's a little brown face. Yeah, it's a, a joke. It's a joke about willing brown face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a hair over, like because yeah. they didn't do it. They didn't do it, but it's like you know the characters were cool with it. Isn't it also yeah. weird that they both wore the same costume and came together? So the joke is like, isn't it weird how all four of us are wearing Uncle Sam costumes? The first person's wearing an Uncle Sam costume. Yeah. And the second person arrives wearing an Uncle Sam costume. What are the odds? Yeah. Then the next two together show up as Uncle Sam. As if it's a couple's so, costume. So there's there's at least one person wearing it, the person you came with. So yeah. it's already a double. Yeah. I, I've i never seen a couple wear the same exact <laughs> exactly. Let's go as, we'll both go as a cowboy. The same cowboy costume. Yeah. That doesn't well, it's weird, happen. Like, their, their initial thing was John Smith and Pocahontas. They could have gone to, like, uh, you know, 
Abe Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln or like yeah. George Wa- Josh Washington and Betsy Ross or Uncle Sam and the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, exactly. Or like, like you wouldn't you you wouldn't default to let's get the same exact costume and both wear it. Also, can you imagine them going to the costume store and be like, "I need two yeah, of yeah. these," and the guy's like, "I already got rid of one of these earlier." <laughs> it's a weird joke uh, that they. Uh, are, and they seem surprised also that everyone in there is already wearing yeah. it. It's like, you, you both came up with the same idea. <laughs> it was a good idea. They should have worn brown paint. I'm, I'm going to say that she should have been Pocahontas. <laughs> uh, and then also, I guess this episode, does it? could you still take the script and make it today? Because I feel like if you go down, the only thing is like cell phones, but if you go into that locker, they probably don't have service. And you don't, it and you also don't have to carry your cell phones all the time. I know we yeah. all do, but it's easy to say like, I left, I left my phone and my charge is out or I don't get a signal. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than the fact that the being locked in a room is becomes so cliche, that's the only thing that would stop it. Like when I watch old sitcoms and it's a cliche plot, I'm more forgiving of it because I'm like, maybe it's the fourth time it's happened yeah. or the first. Uh, uh, speaking of that, in the Dick Van Dyke episode I covered, Rob Petrie um, breaks the door down with his arm, and then me and Kirk talked a lot about that trope of like being locked in a place or trying to get in. You always like run and like yeah. break it, and then Bob does that in this episode. So you're like seeing yeah. it's like a. Dick Van Dyke probably didn't invent the trope, but no. that was, you know, a good 10 years, 15 years earlier. Sure. And then here it is again. But being locked in a room, uh, don't close the door, don't close the door. Yeah. That is a very overused sitcom it's, trope. Every and still, has, it's still used. Every series has one. Uh, like, um, Grace and Frankie had a stuck in the elevator episode. Yeah. In season one, I think. It just happens a lot. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a fun way to put a new set and like trap people and things happen in your trap. But it's I've never have I ever been I was I've been locked out but never locked into something. <laughs> My husband got trapped in an elevator at uh, his old job and the fire department had to come and like get him out people while I was like waiting outside. I yeah. I got locked outside once at night. I uh I lived in an apartment where um there's like three doors to get outside and I could, I left my apartment door unlocked and I went down and I left the lower door open and then I went outside and let and that door automatically closes and locks and I just didn't have my keys with me and I wasn't <sighs> thinking about it I was taking the garbage out to the curb I was in bare feet ooh cuz I was just running it out and dropping it and running back in so I was like I don't care if I'm in bare feet for two steps on the sidewalk I'm crazy that way and now I'm locked out <laughs> I ring the doorbell my wife doesn't wake up I don't have a cell phone so I walk three blocks to a friend who has spare keys, ring their doorbell, they don't answer. In bare feet. In bare feet. <laughs> my feet are red and raw by the end of this. I oh, walk God. back to my apartment, ring the doorbell again a ton of times. She does not answer. There's no one else in my building for me to ring. And then I have to, uh, I start grabbing people on the street asking to use their cell phones. I'm in my bare feet and like... <laughs> Uh, pajamas, basically. I looked like a crazy person. Yeah. The first three people did not let me use their phone. They're like, I don't have a phone. I was like, you're lying. Everyone <laughs> has a phone. Uh, and then someone let me call my wife. I called her. She did not answer. Uh, and then I was giving the phone back to feed it. And they're like, call again. Sometimes people don't answer the first time because it's unlisted, which is true. That's a nice... But I wasn't going to ask to use yeah, their phone again. Yeah, that's a nice person. And I said, thank you very much. I called again. My wife answered angry. That she was being called. <laughs> and I was like, I'm outside. I'm locked outside. She's so confused. But I got back in. That's the closest I've had to this But that's a sitcom situation. episode. Like, that definitely feels sure. like a sitcom episode. Maybe more of a curb. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it happens a lot. Don't let that door close. Uh, and I think, but I think other than that, everything else... I mean, it wouldn't be a bicentennial party. 
Yeah. Um, right. It wouldn't be a bicentennial. No. <laughs> I was thinking the way the way this is so quiet and very moderately paced. It's mm-hmm. definitely not a quick, fast-paced episode, I would no. say. Uh, it feels a lot like the Netflix... Con- like It feels like a Master of None or a Love or something where, like, it's taking its time. Like, Yeah. I also like that it didn't exaggerate the threat. Like, Bob makes jokes about how they're going to die. Yeah. Now, but it's more just like he's annoyed and wants out of there. It isn't... They know eventually they're getting out of this yeah. storage closet. It didn't feel like... It's not like it started flooding or anything. It's not like it was freezing or there's like he complains about being hungry, but I don't know. I I feel like sometimes they do these plot lines and they try to make it seem like if we don't get out of here, yeah, something bad bad's gonna happen. It was just like we're gonna miss a party. Yeah, a, a party That's we a, didn't even want to have. It's not a huge deal. <laughs> a party we didn't want to have, not even at our apartment. And I don't know if any of those people are fun to hang out with. Uh. Not Mr. Carlin, but they always invite him to a lot of parties because that actor is funny and the character yeah. is funny. So they always try and like rope him into things. Uh, but also, there are also a lot of fun runners about Bob and uh, about Howard and Jerry arguing about who is Bob's best friend. It's adorable. Does he like either of them? Yeah. Okay. Jerry says Jerry's one of his oldest friends, and like okay. Howard has been. He, their but neighbor. he didn't invite him to the Valentine's Day party. Yeah, that's a weird thing. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I think everything else... Is there anything uh, that really, really worked well? I mean, like, are you intrigued to see more? Uh, I would. I mean, I would have watched more before seeing this episode. So maybe, because I like Bob Newhart. I like his comedy. I like his style. And I know this is supposed to be a great show, and I've seen a little bit of it. So I definitely would have watched more already. This episode doesn't deter me and go, oh, okay. It's a very hit-or-miss show. It feels funny. Yeah. It's a... It doesn't feel... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Like, I've watched old Dick Van Dyke episodes and loved those. Oh, yeah. It didn't do that to me. Yeah. Uh, But I definitely was like, oh, it's very enjoyable. Um, this is not my one of my favorite episodes. I mean, this sure. is like an average episode. Yeah. Uh, the one where Bob hosts a TV show with his group, who as soon as they get on air, decides to not talk. It's pretty great. <laughs> That's the season two premiere, I think. Um, that which the TV show in Newhart as well. He hosts yeah. a morning show. I'm I'm excited to get to that because right now I'm in season one, which is you know a different cast almost. Yeah, it's a it has, two different. It no Scalari. Yeah, it doesn't have the maid yet. It uh, has her cousin, right? Who well, I don't know why they replaced. I don't either. Her, but I mean, I, Julia Duffy becomes like a big deal. Julia Duffy is the one I know of, and Peter Scalari is marries her at some point. Spoiler alert: not IRL. 
on the no, show. No, no, on the okay. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know any character names. I'm going to have Larry, Daryl, and Daryl aren't in the show yet. In they, season. They, they appear in episode two. Oh, they do. And it was definitely like they were just called to uh, excavate a corpse in the basement. And they come on. They're electric. And uh, the I have the Bob Newhart show box set. And he talks about... They have like this round table they did yeah. about five years ago with all the surviving cast members. Okay. And he talks about Larry, Daryl, Daryl, and Daryl, how they came on to Newhart and were just not supposed to be on the show. And the audience loved them so much, they kept figuring out ways to bring them back. They become they regulars, regulars on the show, yeah. yeah. So he was talking about because in the case of Mr. Carlin, how they had him, I think he's in the pilot, and they were like, that went so well, they just kept bringing him back yeah. over and over again. Here's the thing that I think some shows don't do well, and some shows do well, that maybe this show does. Uh, is that when there's like a character, new character just for this episode, a waiter or yeah. whatever, that they're also funny characters in their own right. Yeah. Uh, I think like if you watch old episodes of Friends, that's true. And if you watch later episodes of Friends, it's not true. No, yeah. They don't give later seasons, they don't give those people much to do. Yeah. <laughs> or they're not but the it, funny There's things. something funny when like, the you know, the waiter also seems to have like a little game. Yeah. Uh, John Ritter is on Bob Newhart show for one episode pre Three's Company. Oh wow, John Ritter's great. It's like one of his first things, and he is the waiter at a like a cheesy restaurant. And Bob Newhart is just like they're ordering dessert. And he's like, I just want like a single scoop. And so he's like, Okay, cool. And he brings back a single scoop ice cream, and then he like calls everyone's attention. Is like single like single scooper, single scooper. Someone is a party pooper. <laughs> like calls everyone's That's attention. Great. And and John John Ritter is like wearing like an old timey barber shop, like the arm the bands around his sleeves yeah. and like the mustache. <laughs> It's part great. of this might be because we are friends with actors, and so when they're on shows and they don't have a funny part, I'm like... Come on. Uh, but yeah, it's like, I want those things to be... I want every every small part. Right, yeah. Like, it's it's an opportunity for another joke. Uh, so I Give like when, like, if you're going to have three guys excavate your basement, make them interesting. Don't just make them... They definitely were. Yeah. <laughs> but And I think then you have the potential for some... I think New Girl's good about that. Their, their oh, side characters yeah. are pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I think... It bothered me when I watch shows and they, it's wasted, uh, partially because I know so many actors and partially it's because it's a wasted joke. Yeah. every There's a reason why they should be on there. So, like, show us why they're like on You're there. paying this person. You cast this person. You audition this person. They're good at something. Yeah. Let them do it. Uh, so I have some trivia okay, for great. this. So I usually try and get the ratings, like how many people watch this episode. Oh, I have learned it is impossible to do for shows before, yeah. like, 1985. 18 million people. Yeah. Uh, it was probably... <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to guess it was probably around 10 to 13. Okay. Because, um, basically, only if a show is in the top 30 of that season do you know how many, how many people watched it. So this was not the top 30 of the seasons. This is season 5. But... It was in the top 30 for the first four years. And it had between like 20 to 18 million, 15 million. So I would say this is probably like 12, 13 million people probably watch this. Yeah. Um, So the top five shows of the 1976 to 1977 season were number five, Charlie's Angels. Great. So four, MASH. Of course. Three, the ABC Monday Night Movie. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That shouldn't count. That's weird. And uh, do they mean TV movies, or would no. they also just air theatrical movies? I bet it was theatrical. Both, right? Maybe both. Because TV definitely... movies were a major thing before the year 2000. Like, they were a major thing in the 90s still. Yeah, but showing movies on TV was a thing they did. Yeah. You know, this movie, I mean, did they make that many TV movies? I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's a ton. I don't I guess yeah. so. I don't know. 
Uh, I bet it was mostly theatrical, but I really don't know. Because at that time, that was the only way you could watch a movie was if it was on TV. Right. Like, like a Betamax or something, right? Unless you you either saw it in a theater or you waited till they aired it, and that was probably it. Like, (sighs) each channel probably had their movie night. Things were better back then, right? I don't know. We had a thousand channels we can watch anything whenever we want. <laughs> Everything streaming. We're spoiled. Everything but Newhart is streaming. <laughs> yeah, and also, you can only watch the first three seasons of Bob Newhart on Hulu. Bob <sighs> Newhart Show. Anyway. Uh, it. That makes no sense. Number two was Laverne and Shirley. Oof, that's awesome. And then number one, Happy Days. Wow. So you got the Happy Days universe up at the top. What season of Happy Days was that, I wonder? This is 76, so probably like... Five or six or so. Oh, so then Happy Days start in like seventy one. I don't so know. I tell you, this is like six or seven. Richie is still on the show. Most how long likely. the tooth? I'm trying to think. It, it is it. You know, is it, is it a new f- hit? Or, I don't know. That's established better at that point because yeah. it has the spinoff is number two. So right. And uh, I did not know that Laverne and Shirley went at a time when it was like what Laverne without Shirley. I didn't know that either. For a little while in the last... Uh, Penny Marshall was on the entire time, but who's the other... I don't know who the other actress is. Don't, oh, ask, bad. don't ask me, yeah. Uh, she, I think, either got pregnant... She had to leave the show for a little stretch of time, and they like, and she tried to renegotiate her contract, and they wouldn't, and then the last season of the show is just Laverne. That's so weird. <laughs> How is that a show? Yeah. Lenny and Squiggy bump them up. Oh, <laughs> give them more to do. There are... To get even more interesting, there are uh, five episodes of Bob Newhart show season six without Bob. That's weird. Is that just... Uh, he was... Was he touring and doing stand-up? He or? Um, only won... F- this was supposed to be the last season. Okay. So season five was supposed to be it. And he was like, I'm done with that. Cool. And so in the series finale, the writers who wrote this episode, Gordon and Limbar, gave them a kid. Like, they found out, oh, Emily's pregnant. Okay. So, so like go. they had they got an episode of, like, Bob's having jitters and stuff. And so they, t- they wrote the script, did table read, and then, like, Bob decided last minute... Yeah, I'll come back for a sixth season if I, you know, can have five episodes off. And they were like, okay. Like, the show was still, like, a good enough hit that they wanted to do that. So, like, yes, sure. And then Bob was like, well, then you're going to have to uh, get someone else to play Bob in this episode because I don't want kids. And so they had to make that entire episode a dream sequence. Oh, wow. So, because Bob was very, very vocal about... The, it was a it was a point that this show did not have children because he did not want to play a dumb dad. And he doesn't kids. have kids in Newhart either. Yeah. It was he never wanted to do the dumb dad humor of, like, the cute kids are going to come get us out of this jam. Uh, and so that was really funny to me, is that a guy who has four kids IRL. I've said yeah. that three times in this episode. IRL. Oh, i got to stop. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, when he came back, I'm he, learning a lot. they taped a bunch of pre... They taped... A, he wrote a book. Bob Hartley wrote a book and was on his book tour in those sure. episodes. They, they paced them out throughout the entire season. He pre-taped, like, episodes, bits of him talking to Emily on the phone from an airport. Yes. So he's in every episode, but there are some episodes that he's in, like, three minutes of. I mean, do they do a lot of telephone gags? That was his big thing, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. He's, there, are, there wasn't one in this episode. There wasn't one in this episode. That's yeah. fascinating. There's usually one in every episode. Because Newhart, I think, had them in a lot. It would yeah. always be someone calling the in. Yeah. He uh, does a lot of telephone gags. Which, and when I great. watched, I don't think I knew that was his thing, but I found out eventually. And in those five episodes without him, is they like Emily is the lead character. And so you see her. Like There's an episode where Mr. Carlin, she goes as his date to his high school reunion. <laughs> Uh, and there's also, like, her and Howard help us shut in in their building and stuff. It doesn't feel to me like they would all be friends. <laughs> it feels like they have to be because they're all in this show together. Uh, I don't know if that's a fair problem. How would you be friends with... Well, I guess, like, in real life, you have friends 
co-workers yeah. and neighbors. And in sitcoms, they're all merged. Right. Because Bob, Bob's friends are mm-hmm. his co-workers or neighbors. He doesn't yeah. have friends. Yeah. And uh, uh, maybe that's true for some people. It just It just feels like they don't. They don't seem to like the personalities of those people <laughs> that much. They seem to spend time with them. They're not mad and angry, but... And that is true. Carol and Jerry do not like each other. And so it is weird that they would agree to hang yeah. out. And then also... And they're probably the most likable people that they invited to this party. Yeah. Howard's an idiot. You don't want to spend a lot of time with him. <laughs> and Mr. Carlin is neurotic. Maybe a sociopath. Like he's a... He's got lots he's, of issues. Yeah. And he's a patient. It's probably you shouldn't hang out. No, definitely shouldn't. That's probably breaking some uh, ethics. Ethics for sure. So like, there's two friends out, and the uh, the orthodontist is pompous. You said so yourself. Yeah. I don't care if they used to be friends. At this point, you write that guy off. <laughs> he's a jerk. He makes you feel bad but about yourself. But it's hard making friends when you're in your late thirties, right? Bob's a well-dressed guy. You think he could meet some new people? His wife, for sure, must have t- teachers that she likes hanging. Those are out coworkers. With. Well, hell, her coworkers are better, probably. They've probably got more more going on. I maybe would invite Carol. Carol's great. I would love... Yeah. A dream, a legit fantasy scenario I have in my head is I'm a staff writer for the Bob Newhart show in these seasons, and I get to write awesome Carol episodes. So there you go. That's a... That's only one. That's, only, like, that's a life a, I lead. She's a co-worker, but I'd be like, <laughs> you know what? I also want to invite her over. Yeah. But Howard across the hall would be like, oh, do we have to invite him? What if we just don't tell him? He's so sweet, though. Sweet, but oh man, but he's he needs help. <laughs> yeah, I just, he's also a navigator. I don't like having people at a party where I have to take care of them the whole time. I, I can't join myself, <laughs> and that'd be Howard. He yeah. needed them to bring all the supplies to this party. He only had mustard and water. He didn't have mustard. That was brought to the party. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he offered them to like eat napkins or whatever. Yeah, he had napkins, and I guess he had at least one cup. Yeah, he didn't have seven because he needed to borrow that. Right. Yeah. Um, on IMDb, 22 users rated this episode a 7.5. Would you go fair. higher or lower? That sounds fair. 7.5? Yeah, if I couldn't do fractions, I'd probably say 7. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would... don't think I'd go 8. So 7.5 sounds good to me. I guess I'd go 7.8. Okay. Maybe 7. I like 9. doing whole numbers. It's very limiting. I get into... Uh, Hardcore fractions. Yeah. Like, I, uh, my comic book grading system of how much I like it, not how much it's yeah. worth, is fractions like Here's that. Here's the thing I love asking people. It's like, what would you rate that on a scale of 1 to 42,000? Ooh. And then the person would be like, ah, 36,000? I'm like, well, that sounds great. <laughs> like, no matter what number they say, it's going to sound amazing. Because even if they're like yeah. 5,000, which would be a Five, terrible wow, on that yeah. scale, you'd be like, 5,000? Damn. And then you just... Meet somebody else, and you're like, Brett said that episode was a five thousand. He rated a five thousand, and they don't know that you don't tell them the scale. And it, uh, it's a joke that only amuses me, maybe. <laughs> well, I now listeners, sure, maybe <laughs> listeners of the podcast, but I do that every now and then uh, to people, and it, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> also, because uh, I have friends who will legitimately then go, "Oh, out of forty two thousand, let me think." No, I was about yeah. to answer. I was yeah, trying yeah. to think of like what is seventy percent of forty. Right. Like? That's just what you're doing. Yeah, but it's fun if I didn't know the seventy percent. Like we start with the forty-two thousand, and then I have to figure out. I don't know what you thought of that episode when it's all said and done. <laughs> uh, who in this episode would you say had the must-see performance? I mean, is it cliche to say Bob? I mean, I mean, he was the best part. He got the most laughs out of me. Yeah, uh, his response to. What do you call claustrophobic? In addition to your other problems, uh, maybe you're claustrophobic. Uh, what do they call that when a person's claustrophobic? 
claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh, I've, I've studied for years. So, like, the pause he gave there was great. Uh, also, I also love the, um... Bob, why, like, why do you love me? Bob. Bob, you love me. Sure. <laughs> why? Why not? <laughs> yeah, that was that great. Was but you know what? His wife had her iron, uh, the golf club line was maybe my biggest laugh. Oh, yeah. Where he, I don't know why he did that with a golf, he asked for a golf He's club. He's trying to like tap out a signal just to anyone that can hear in the pipes. He only does it for one second. Yeah. And it's never, he never says what he's doing, does no. he? But he asks for a golf club and she hands him a, a driver and he goes, oh no, I need, I need an iron. I need an iron. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I, I didn't realize you were that close to the green. It's a very funny joke. <laughs> a funny response because he wasn't explaining what he was yeah. doing. I like that. See, line. it's a they give her. I love it. They give her things to do, and like she takes the lead in a lot of plots. And the opening credits for this yeah. episode were both of them leaving to go to work, and like leaving Howard standing at the door, like, "Oh, okay, bye." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Bob is probably, I mean, he's in every, almost every scene and yeah. And he's, he's one of my heroes. He's just good. I mean, he, like I said, when I was watching the beginning, I was impressed by how good he was at delivering some of these lines. Yeah. Uh, even the delivery of, which was a repeat of an earlier joke of just saying, I wasn't invited to that party and Bob going, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he delivered it very well. Without, he didn't sound mean, but it also didn't, wasn't nice, but it wasn't like I'm hiding him from you. It's just sort of like. I don't know. It was no. delivered like a guy who is good at delivering straight man lines. I will also say Bob for that. Yeah, that's been the case so far. Is usually if it's it's if it's someone's sitcom, they usually have the musty performance. Got to be tough, right? Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, uh, it'd be tough to watch like an I Love Lucy episode and not give it to Lucy. Yeah, yeah. God, we, who we, else would get it? I mean, no, she's a powerhouse. Or even I could see like a Dick Van Dyke episode where you'd be like. Buddy, like Maury Amsterdam. But it would have to be an episode around his character. Or married, yeah, yeah, it'd have to be like a Laura Petrie Like, this was not a episode around any characters, around all the characters, so it's gonna be Bob. And in that case. And most characters are episodes around Bob. It's also weird, like... Maybe the episodes where he is on... uh, Yeah, when uh, you would have to. On tour. That three minute... uh, Maybe it would take... Maybe that three minutes would win it over. You can tell when they cut back up to the party upstairs... And Bob isn't in that scene. It's a weird feeling scene because it's a bunch of yeah. characters that are like, we don't know how to hang out without the glue. Yeah, which is a very real feeling. Um, great episode of Seinfeld where George and Elaine yeah, spend like, time together for the first time. We do this, you know? and they don't know what to talk about other than Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very real thing. I would you that. say this is if? Uh, would you say this is a must see episode of television? I would probably say no. Yeah, I don't think it's this a must see. This episode. might be our first no. I don't think it's a must see episode. Um, this isn't one like people are talking about and that's like, I don't know, like if you made a top five episode list of this show, top five, no. I doubt this would make no, it. But, no, I don't think it would be. How many seasons total does the show get? Six. 140 yeah. something episodes? That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Top five is pretty tough. No. Would it, it be top ten, do you think? You've seen them No, all. I don't think it's top ten. It's so if it's not top ten, it can't be a must-see. I think it's probably top 15 or 20, maybe? I, I think about 20? shows where, like, if a show I love, like, I'm saying, hey, you got to watch news radio, uh, what's a must, what episode should I watch? And I'd probably be like, here's a few that you that are good to watch. Yeah. I'm not going to go, like, a Max Lewis And then maybe one. there'd be, like, one or two where I'd say, like, this isn't necessarily going to hook you on the show, but this is one that's so different and weird, like... Watch the Titanic yeah, episode. Yeah, the space episode. The space episode, because it's so weird and different. Shows yeah. don't do this. Uh, I'd say, like, the pilot. Uh, and there's a few other episodes I probably yeah. would touch. And, like, those are the ones you want to watch. 
Uh, I would say don't. Like, this is not a must-see episode. It's a must-see if you get into the show and want to see a lot of Bob and Emily together. I think it's a must-see series. Yeah. I would, even though I haven't seen a lot of it, I would be, if if you like old sitcoms, if that in and of itself doesn't turn you off, which, why are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) You've tuned into the wrong podcast. But if you're you're somebody who likes sitcoms, you got to see a Bob Newhart show. Like I I said, I, I... Probably have seen a couple episodes here and there, but none that I because rem- when you mentioned that IQ and I remembered immediately. You seen uh, Over the River and Through the Woods where they all get drunk on uh, Thanksgiving and that does not call Mugu Guy Pan and all that. That does not. Ring That's a the bell. most famous episode. That's uh-huh. the one that like, well, which is a good episode. It's Bob yeah. getting drunk. Bob is a great. He plays drunk oh, that's, really that's tough to do because he plays his character drunk. So he's still smart, but he's got like a weird sway to him, and he's got like a weird slur, and it's Maybe great. Yeah. I'll dig. Is that a first three seasons? Can I watch that on Hulu? Yeah, I think I so. There are some good first. Three but seasons. yeah, I mean, I would say this. I would be shocked if like you loved old shows and you didn't try to watch this. Feels like a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that is that wraps everything up. For... Do we fail by saying no? Do we fail your podcast? No. This is a thing. Is this is this episode is a, a specific thing because it's the first time that I'm doing one based on a holiday. So right. if you're Wondering what to watch on July 4th, yeah, you must see this because it's basically the only July sure, 4th yeah. sitcom you can watch. If, you're, if you're, it's July 4th then you want to watch a sitcom episode about Not that July, holiday. Then you are this and that one, fra- a third of that one Frasier episode. Great. That's it. You're very limited. So, uh, but I think we also did Perfect Strangers and I don't think me and Mujan said that was a must see Maybe we did. What I episode remember. of Perfect Strangers? I went, neither of us had any clue. We were both kind of... She was familiar with it. I... Was not we were so we were jumping in. I picked the IMDb number one episode, which is what. Where Tell me, Bucky gets his teeth the the dentist, and they both get knocked up on a hyped up on goofy gas, and it is a sparse episode. Oh, weird. I remember good physical comedy, but it's weird. I remember an episode where they had to replace a shower head for the for the female neighbors that they both had crushes on. Is that the whole half hour? Is them replacing a shower? Most head? of it is because the <laughs> and replacing a shower, which I didn't know when I watched as a kid. It's very easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> but they destroy it. And I remember one joke, and I don't know if this joke is funny, but it makes me laugh because as a kid it made me laugh. <laughs> there's holes in the wall. You know, the, the, everything is just... there's. It's a wreck. There's pipes sticking out. <laughs> it's a disaster. And they have to get this fixed up so that they, you know, they, it looks like they did a good job so they appear masculine. You didn't need to call a plumber. You know, we took care of it. And Bucky's like, what are we going to do? Or, you know, in his way of talking... And Mark Paul Gosselier, is that that's Mark Lynn Baker? Mark Lynn Baker, Mark, Mark Paul Gosselier, Gosselier is saved by the bell. So Mark Lynn Baker looks around and goes, "Ah, Spackle will fix this right up." Bucky's stunned. He goes, "This Spackle must be amazing stuff." And he just looks at uh, Mark. Looks back at Bucky. Goes, "It is. It is." <laughs> So serious. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I don't think I even knew what Spackle was when <laughs> I watched it. But it was like, just the idea of like so seriously. Committing to his lie. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because I knew there's no way to fix this up easily. So watching him just commit to it, I remember being like, oh, this, I love this show. It's a weird show. Uh, I don't remember if the show was great, but I mm. watched a lot of early Perfect Strangers. I stopped watching TGIF Friday before like Full House and Family Matters. And oh, all that wow. Stuff it's really an early, early ditcher. I I'm was excited. Older. I was yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. The more that I get into the show, I'm excited to get to episodes like this and like other episodes that aren't like. 
the best. Because yeah. most every episode I've done so far is like the best one of that series or one of the right, like right. top ten of that series. Do you always pick it or does your guest sometimes pick peek it? Peek behind the curtain. Usually I pick them unless a guest has a makes a an impassioned very impassioned. Well, like Ari Scott came on and did Family Ties. And we'll I've never watch watched Family Ties, the Tom Hanks, uh, say oh, uncle, the that's alcoholism. A good one. That's a good one to pitch to you. Because, and because she is like the biggest Family Ties of fan of all time. And I'm like, I am all for switching up the format yeah. and having someone come teach me the way I just taught you about Bob Newhart. I'm a big Family Ties fan, too. I, that, I grew up watching that show from almost the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have been the one I picked, but uh, Tom Hanks is a good choice. He's such a... He's great He's in so that. great. He's so he great. He could have been an amazing sitcom actor. <laughs> so uh, if people want to talk to you about the Bob Newhart show or Perfect Strangers of Family Ties or anything, where can sure. they do that online? Any TV show. Any I'm happy TV to talk show. about it. I'm on Twitter at Kev Hines, K-E-V-H-I-N-E-S. Uh, no one calls me Kev, but all my handles are Kev Hines. <laughs> and that's everywhere, right? That's yeah, most things are Kev Hines or Kev Hines 12 uh, if, if it's already taken. Look them up. Yeah. But uh, Twitter, come at me on Twitter. Come <laughs> Defend your opinions. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Brad. I really mean it. For my outro later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.